Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 131. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am... Fine. I don't know. I was trying to think of something clever to say, and I really had nothing. It's just it's been a day. Uh, my brother, my my brother, my son's birthday is tomorrow, so we're going through all these preps to get him ready. And uh, well, my wife is doing a lot of the work. She's MVP. MVP of the house is my wife. Just setting up that birthday party. Oh my god, it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing. Awesome. So happy early birthday to Elliot, of course. And I hope you guys have a nice time tomorrow. Should be good. We're getting milkshakes and pizza. That's what he wanted. That can I come? That sounds like the best birthday ever. <laughs> so that, and then the day after, we're going sledding and stuff with a bunch of his friends from school. So that's going to be the good time. Good times. Absolutely, that's uh, pretty good. I, going a little bit like you're on the dad side of things. I have nothing going on. There, there is <laughs> nothing interesting to report at all. But literally, like I watched. I caught up on Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's what I did today, after work. Ooh, so what? What's the new uh, new capers that Andy Samberg is up to? Uh this week's episode. No spoilers, but it was uh, another Jimmy Jab episode. So they uh, got into a little office games and office mischief. So nice. Definitely gonna want to check that one out. I think I will. All right, watching for tomorrow when my kids are asleep. Hopefully, there you Brooklyn go. Brooklyn Nine Nine. So with that, shall we get into it, Mitch? What edition you got? Uh, I have the Stephen Gianta edition. So this is the episode, or the, the episode, this is episode 131 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. And like we like to do, we take every episode above 100 and we find a player who's played that many games for the New York Islanders. And this time it is Stephen Gianta who's played 31 games for the New York Islanders. I believe you're familiar with his oeuvre. Yeah, um, honestly, I thought it would be more than 31 games for Stephen Gianta. <laughs> Yeah, right? I thought the same thing, but according to NHL.com, it is only 31 games for Steven Gianta. So All right. Later on in the show, I'll ask you three questions about Steven Gianta, and um, we'll see if you can get them all right. All right. I'm excited for it. So without further ado, let's jump into it, Mitch. The Islanders played four games since we last talked, and it was, well, probably the worst four-game stretch of the season probably easily by far the worst four game stretch of the season of the, the Lou Lamorello Barry Trotz era. It's been the worst four game stretch. Eh, like not even close. I would, I, I beg for someone to find me a worse four game stretch since Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz took over. I don't know. The Islanders have been outscored a lot to a little. I was going to do the math in my head and I said, no, I'm not going to do it, but I'll do easier math for you, Mitch. Not a math podcast. We've said this a million times, not really good at math. So I just wanted to ask for some clarification. Is two goals in four games good? I'll wait. I'll hang up and listen. No. (laughs) Okay. That's what I thought. Again, not good at math. Was never good at math. Only statistics. (laughs) Shout out to college statistics. The only math I was ever good at, but nonetheless, 
Uh, two goals in four games. Shut out. I mean, the first one in Nashville was just a disaster. Thomas Grice laid an absolute egg. Five nothing L. It was brutal. It it worse because it was Nashville. You know, we think you're going to Nashville. They just beat us eight three the last time we played them. Let's go get an answer. And they go rap rap. No, the, the like the worst like meltdown possible in a game that they should be coming out big. Specifically because they also had two games back to backs against against divisional rivals where they were flying, right? They 5-3 wins against the Washington Capitals and the Philadelphia Flyers, and then they play the the Nashville Predators, and they go, we're done with scoring, thank you very much. No, exactly. And then, well, that continued because after getting embarrassed in Nashville, they went to Vegas, and then their big-time performance was getting shut out one nothing. <laughs> Just another, another clunker. Uh, it was a better performance. Uh, because they played better, um, but they still did not score a goal, which is a bad sign. You should be scoring goals. Um, specifically, again, because they had two games where they scored five goals apiece, and then they couldn't get one, not one against the, the Vegas Golden Knights. I just And Varlamov was outstanding in that game. Didn't he have like a yep. 977? It was something ridiculous. He stood on his head. He was really, really good in that game. Just... Um, if you want more of our, our contents, we, we, we break down the game like for a full half hour immediately after it happened or relatively close to when it, when it's uh, completed over on our Patreon account. So patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for five bucks a month. You get a post game podcast after every New York Islanders game, as well as a newsletter, as well as daily content, as well as a mailbag podcast that we are going to record after this one. So if you want post game content, head over to patreon.com slash eyes on aisles and sign up today. Absolutely. Then they would go on to Arizona, Mitch. Two to one loss. They scored their first goal in what felt like a million years. But it was such a freaky goal from Anthony Beauvillier. It took like a deflection from like, what, 15 feet out? Like it wasn't even like he was right in the net and got a deflection. It it was like the weirdest deflection that somehow got past. I almost said Anti Ronta. I don't know why I almost said Pecorine, which is definitely wrong, but that's the first name that (laughs) came to my head. True. (laughs) Uh, It was, yeah, from the face off dot, just wild deflection. Uh, It's not like it went all over the place. It it, it had at least some purpose. Like he was trying to get it towards the net, but usually deflections from there don't go in. Um, But it did. So good job. And Andy Green picks up the assist on it. So. You know, 37-year-old Andy Green gets his first assist for the Islanders in his first game for them. Looking good. Absolutely. More on Andy Green coming up in just a couple of minutes. Spoiler alert. But first, we got to briefly hit on the next game because they would lose 3-1. to one And the offense was once again dead. And the only goal that they scored was when the Islanders decided to pull the goalie late. With like two and change remaining, right? I think it was like 220 or something of the sorts. Yeah. Left in, in, in the period, in the third period, they pulled the goalie and they score basically a garbage time goal. Oh, But yeah. then at that point, it's 3-1 and you're going, great. Good job, guys. Like, <laughs> it, it's nice to see that Barry Trotz had faith that they can pull it out. Pull it out um, but they did not. They, they got one. Good job. They scored two goals in four games and one of them came at the very end of the game. Just not not good, not good at all. And the other, you can like, tell, like Brock Nelson was not happy when he scored that goal. No, no, of course not. Like we said, it, it took to the fourth game when they pulled the goalie and got a garbage time goal, and then the other one was on a random deflection that goes in one out of ten times, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> like if he got ten more chances at it, I'm not quite sure that it goes in. No, uh, you're you're 100 percent correct. Like I don't think it goes in. What, four? Like, not even. One time out of ten, it probably goes in, and that was the one time. Which is great, because the Islanders have been looking for some luck forever. Well, maybe not ever. The three games prior to that. Uh, and they've Sorry, the two games prior. And they finally got it. Uh, but it's like they used up all their luck right then and there. Like, the, the luck gods are going, that's all you get. You're welcome. I'm out. Meanwhile, pucks are flying everywhere from every other team possible. And we're, we're just dying for a chance. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. So... With that, we just wanted to go over the games briefly, give you some context for what we're going to be talking about this week. Obviously, the roughest stretch in the Barry Trotz, Lula Amarillo era for the New York Islanders. And uh, as of now, they are sitting in the second wildcard spot, which is really scary. 
and like not the the who's behind them is it Carolina Columbus I believe Columbus and I think they're even on points the only reason the Islanders have the spot is because of a tiebreaker I believe I'm, I'm just gonna pull it up now uh, the Islanders are yeah they're even on points with Columbus they have fewer games played so their points per game is higher um, their uh, RW is lower by one and their row is even okay so ugh, not good. Although I don't understand why they have it then, because I guess because the first tiebreaker is RWs, and the Columbus win that. Beats me. I'm not going to question it, but the Islanders are a tiebreaker away from not making the playoffs. Yeah, it's uh, getting sketchy, which means that we should go on to the next topic, which is going to be a very trade-heavy show, as you could imagine. Monday is the trade deadline. We are recording this on Thursday night, so... Obviously, it's approaching rapidly. The Islanders did make a move, though, trading for veteran Andy Green, defenseman from the New Jersey Devils. They gave up a 2021 second-round pick, so not a pick this year. It's a pick in next year's draft. And prospect David Quenville, who is like, I don't know, maybe the Islanders' sixth-best defensive prospect? (laughs) Keep going. I'd I'd say keep going, man. Like the guys bouncing between the AHL and the ECHL last year had eight points between the two. Eight between the two, not not in the AHL, not in the ECHL, between both. Yeah, that's not great. And like, he's five eight. It's not to say that short short people can't make the NHL, but when he's five eight and he's not putting up production, he's not going to be looked at favorably, and he's not going to get the. He's an offensive de- defenseman. Like he put up eighty points in seventeen eighteen, I believe, in the Q. in his no. junior in his junior year. I don't know. I don't remember what league. I believe it was the WHL. Either way, put up eighty points. That's a lot. But he was getting top pair minutes. He's not getting top pair minutes for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers or no. the uh, Worcester Railers. Maybe with the Albany River Rats he does, or whatever ECHL affiliate the Devils have, maybe he does. But still, we're talking AHL, ECHL. We are not talking NHL at this point. So the the Islanders did not need this guy. He was fodder. Just doesn't even matter. You want him? Take him, please. That's one fewer contract for us. Right. Initially, the idea of giving up a second-round pick irked me. for, And by initially, I mean within the first like two minutes after the deal. And then... I started to think about it more, and then I saw other deals for rental defensemen start coming in. And I, this is going to get into my next point, or next question, rather, is if you thought the Islanders overpaid. Because for me, I don't think so. I really, After you know looking at some other deals, I think it was a pretty fair deal for Andy Green. Absolutely. So Dylan DeMello, second round pick, sorry, third round pick this year. Uh, Brendan Dillon got a second round pick this year and a conditional fourth next year, I believe. And the condition is on if he resigns with the Capitals. And then who is the, the third one? Uh, Marco Scandella. Pff, wild play. Wild. Um, Marco Scandella goes to the St. Louis Blues for a 2020 second round pick. And I believe a conditional fourth as well or third. I, I, I don't remember. I think remember it's a conditional that, fourth. That sounds right. It's either a third or a fourth. That is sticking out in my mind right now. And that's, again, as long as he uh, signs an extension with St. Louis, which he could very well not. Uh, meanwhile, or not meanwhile, but remember, Scandella was traded to the Montreal Canadiens just six weeks ago for the fourth for a fourth-round pick. So Montreal picked him up, played him for an extra minute on average a night, and he got a second out of it. Uh, I would classify that as a pretty good move from uh, Montreal. Yeah, So, but like your point is that the market is clearly for depth defensemen. You're paying a second round pick this year. The New York Islanders went and got a guy that fills an exact need and they paid a second round pick next year in two years from now in 2021. Like who cares about 2021? Yeah, it's a second round pick and maybe the Islanders regress and they don't do well and they don't make the playoffs. And then you're, you're looking at a top half second round pick. Okay. Mm, that doesn't look great, but who cares? That's two years from now. It doesn't matter. It does not matter right now. We have a lot of time to fix that. We need to deal with the now, and we're dealing with something from two years from now. Who cares? That's a fair deal. Yeah, 100%. And you're looking at probably worst-case scenario, maybe like the 40th overall pick. Maybe, yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Worst-case scenario. Like, there's no way the Islanders are tanking it and are going to be the Detroit Red Wings in 2021. It's no, just not going to happen. This isn't going to be like the 33rd or 34th overall pick. Is that worth 
in in all likelihood, if we had to put a guess on it, probably going to be around 45, somewhere in that range, 45 to in the higher 40s, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be a playoff pick. It's not even it's not going to be a lottery pick. So like, who cares? I see a lot of people going like, ah, we overpaid. And you're going, what? like, I don't understand. Why do you think we overpaid? It doesn't make any sense to me. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't, I think this was a need. And the fact that they were able to keep their second round pick this year, I think allows them to do something else at this deadline. Exactly. Uh, but it, it, it fills the need because Adam Pellick is gone, right? And it's exactly. not to say that Andy Green is the new Adam Pellick or Adam Pellick no. is as good as Andy Green was in his prime. Yeah, probably. But like the argument is that they need a guy that can play minutes on the left side and can kill penalties. Ching, ching, ching. Like he does all of those three things. Yes, he's 37 years old and that's ugh, but you're getting him for a year. It's just a year anyways. So like if you're getting him on his, on his literally last leg, take it take it for we dumped a guy that we didn't we picked in the seventh round I think it was in 2016 and a second round pick two years from now whatever that's the thing I'm not saying I want to get married to this guy but for the rest of this year to get you through no Adam Pellick like you said yeah we're both kind of high on Noah Dobson but he's a righty and he can't kill penalties yet and Barry Trotz just refuses to play him more than like 14 minutes uh, at a time and we started to see the defense start to get sluggish but since Green's been here, they've been better. Absolutely. And so it's it's a deal well done because this is exactly what they need. First off, it's a Lou guy, right? Like Lou brought yeah. him into the Devils. Lou knows exactly what he is. He's a leader. Like look at everyone that the Islanders have been bringing in as free agents. They're captains. And when I mean free agents, I mean like collegiate free agents. Like Arthur Staple had a piece back in the summer about that. They were all former captains. These guys, and when I mean these guys, I mean like Barry and Lou and the head trust of the Islanders, love guys that have leadership qualities. This is, a, this is their guy. Like they were probably drooling over getting Andy Green in. It was ridiculous. Yeah, you could definitely imagine that was the case uh, for, the, for the New York Islanders and for Andy Green. I understand that 37 years old, there's a little bit of concern there, but this is just to get you through the remainder of the regular season and whatever happens in the playoffs. Exactly. And I know it's it, like the, the, the trade itself doesn't convince anyone of like, oh, here we go. We're going for it. It's not a, it's not a confidence trade. It's a needs trade. And in terms of filling a need, the Islanders did so, and they did so at a recent, at a decent uh, price. Uh, they did not overpay. They didn't underpay. Uh, it was a fair value, I think. I think so, too. Do you think that he sticks with Ryan Pulak on the top pair? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I'm just wondering if he gets ends up getting bumped down with uh, Johnny Boychuk as the acting third pair, and then Nick Letty moves back up top. Um, it's because then you turn Ryan Pulak into your stay-at-home defensive Adam Pellick type of guy, and we know that didn't work. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I just wanted to see if you, if I could get you on the other side of the fence or what your thoughts were on there. No, but that's effectively what happened against Colorado, right? Like we saw the minutes in, in our post game when we look at at the minutes uh, per game. Uh, and we saw that Andy Green and Johnny Boychuk played, what was it, 15, 16 minutes apiece that night? Not even, I think. Uh, yeah, you know what? You might be right with 16 minutes and change. They played the least amount, and it was pretty close between the two how many they played. Um, because older guys, like Johnny Boychuk just turned 36 in January. Like we said, Andy Green is 37. Playing at altitude, you shouldn't be relying on those guys to lug the puck forward. They probably don't have the same lungs they used to. Um, you rely on guys like Mayfield, Taze, Letty, um, Pulak, obviously. Um, so, yep, effectively, that's what they did against Colorado, and it didn't necessarily work. That's right. And uh, I think this is definitely something that, while on the surface, it's not what you wanted. You wanted a goal scorer. But this kind of, I've, I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but I feel like this is a move you make if you are going to continue to make more moves. Like, I don't think if Lou Lamarillo wasn't going to trade for a forward, I don't think he goes out and all, trades for Andy, just Andy Green. You're right. This is a clear sign. Like, I, never, I didn't think about this until you just brought it up, but this is definitely a sign of, of some sort of intent. Like, he intends to make the playoffs, and he intends to do something there. Like, his, his goal is, I need to make the playoffs. I want to make the playoffs. And if you're making the playoffs, the deal is to get the Stanley Cup. It's not just for revenues that they're trying to do this. The Islanders have revenues right now. Um 
they need to do more than just make it. They need to make it and win some. And if you're going to make it, then your your next move is to get it forward. And <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they're, they're going to have to bring someone in. And I think that you're right. Saying that Andy Green is a a vote of confidence towards the Islanders making the playoffs or maybe a sign of their strategy. Sorry, that's a better way of saying it. A sign of, of their strategy and their intent is a correct assumption. Yeah, my only thing is, well, now what's going to happen? Which we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I'm not exactly sure what the play is here. No, but but I think you're right in pointing this out that you don't make this move if you're not sure where you're going. Right, You don't make a move six weeks from the end of the season to bring in a depth defenseman because you lost your guy just because you don't want to play a left and righty anymore. No, you're doing this because you want to win games because you need to make it past a certain point, and that means getting into the playoffs. So it definitely shows a sign of intent. Absolutely. Anything else on Andy Green? Hopefully he's a, he's a sign of things to come like you just brought up. Absolutely, Mitch. So when we come back, we're going to get into why it's time for the Islanders to go all in. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. We talked the Andy Green trade. And the next topic we're going to go over, again, trade trade heavy podcast as the trade deadline is just a few days away. And now at this point, it's time for the Islanders to go all in, Mitch. I think that we can both agree on this. Why? Sell me on it. If for whatever reason there's someone on this planet Earth who thinks that, no, it's not time for the Islanders, what is your elevator pitch to get them on board? Why do you hate winning? <laughs> Done. Done. Or you play to win the damn games, and they don't want. if they don't want to win the damn games, then what are we doing here? Like, I understand certain arguments like, well, we're you can bring in one piece, but is that one piece going to, you know, move the needle so far forward that we are now contenders? I, I would argue it does. I, I really would. Obviously, it depends on the piece, but I'm not talking about like a point per game Artemi Panarin type, although that certainly would. Uh, I'm talking about like a 60 to 70 point guy. You bring someone like that in. And that definitely brings our points and needle forward for the Islanders. I know they're going through a bad streak right now, but just look at the streak before the bad streak. The really good streak, where they were scoring like 3.85 goals per game between February 1st and whatever date the Philadelphia game was on, the 16th or whatever the heck that was. Something like that. Um, they were scoring 3.85 goals for. They were, what is it, 4th, 1-1, one one, I think it is, in that stretch. Like They were fantastic. Yes, over this four-game streak, they're terrible, but they're really good just before that. So, like, they need to level that off, and leveling that off means bringing someone in who can still score 60 to 70 points. For me, here's my take on all this. I don't care about prospects anymore. I don't care. I'm over it, Mitch. (laughs) I am over the waiting game because for years and years and years, we've been sold pretty much since John Tavares was drafted in 2009, which is 11 years ago, that just wait, they're coming up through the process. So we had that with Ryan Strome, Brock Nelson, you know, Niederreiter, that batch. Then you have the, a couple of years later, the Michael Dow Cole batch, the Matt Barzell, Anthony Beauvillier batch. Those guys are here and slash or on NHL bust slash probably going to be traded, wasting away in the AHL. And then you have the Kiefer Bellows, Oliver Walsh from Noah Dobson, where I like those guys, but they are not ready to impact this roster right now. And we've been at, at this point, a decade of waiting. How much longer is this process going to take? Because I might be dead before the Islanders actually win a Stanley Cup. You're right. Uh, at a certain point, you have to start trading your chips to go, we need to start making moves because the guys we picked up are good, but we need more than that. And, and every team goes through that cycle. The Pittsburgh Penguins did that, right? They, they found their core guys, and now they're adding to that elsewhere. They're trying to pick up talent wherever they can get Mitch, it. Mitch, they do it every year. Every single year, the Penguins are making moves at the trade deadline, bringing in talent. Yeah, and they're not the only ones, right? Like, a lot of teams do that. The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to have a new team by the end of the week. Very right? well With the amount of trades that Kyle Dubas is making. 
Um, but you move things around to bring in as much talent and complement your roster as much as possible. It's clear the Islanders need to do that. And at this point, Lou Lamorell, I assume, knows that. He's been here for two years. He's seen the same teams we've been seeing. He's, a, he's um, not opinion, but his uh, the information that he has at his disposal is probably different. And the way he prioritizes it is obviously different than most of us. But he's got to see the same gaps that we all do. Like They're not scoring goals. We need to bring in a goal scorer. Doing that, I think, is going to take them to go all in. And and that means trading a first. That means trading a a top-level prospect. And that probably means trading, I don't know, another roster player to get someone in who's going to get you 60-plus points. Yeah, 100%. I saw something I was looking through on Twitter before, um, and it was what the Rangers were asking for uh, for Chris Kreider. Now, Obviously, the Islanders and the Rangers, the likelihood of them trading is very low. The Islanders have expressed interest in Chris Kreider, though, which is you know something we've talked about on the site a little bit. Supposedly, the asking price is a first, a high-end prospect, a low-end roster player, and, and slash or a conditional pick. Jesus, Murphy. Let's say, well, let's say that would you do a first... Bellows and Del Cole. For oh, I don't see my problem is is rental. My problem is rental. Yeah, I, 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 I just, would. I don't care. I know. I know. I, I know. We're, we're talking about going all in, and I'm already flaking about it. I'm getting sweaty already here, just talking, thinking of like four pieces going for rental of Chris Kreider, and it's not that I'm I'm apprehensive of a rental necessarily. I'm apprehensive of that rental. Is Chris Kreider the guy? I think we should. We, a trading for him is a good idea, and I think he he could help us. But am I going all in for Chris Kreider? Okay. Who else is left? No, and, and that's the problem. <laughs> that's exactly the problem. It's that when you go like, okay, let's go all in, boys. Let's do it. And you're getting psyched, and then you look at the market, and you go. All right, who the hell am I? Gonna do? <laughs> this guy? No, I don't need that. Look, we hear Johnny Gaudreau is available. That would be an all-in guy right there. Um, although I think the only reason he's available is because he took off flames from his like Twitter, or Instagram, or some dumb stuff like that. It it still counts. <laughs> okay, good. Then him. Yeah, I would I would give up pretty much anything not named Matt Barzell in order to get uh, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, exactly. But the the sentiment it remains the same that they, they need to go all in, and and we're we're looking at expending a first. We're looking at expending a level prospects. Like I wouldn't necessarily be willing to give Oliver Wallstrom to any for anyone, but I would definitely give him up for like a Johnny Gaudreau ish. I'd probably even do it for Thomas Tatar. I wrote. Um, okay. We'll, we'll get to, to trade deadline expectations later. But what we're talking about here is the need to go all in because the Islanders at a certain point can't keep stockpiling first round picks. And even then, the first round picks we're talking about, look, they're making the playoffs. It's at least the 16th overall, if not later, depending on where they finish. Um, is that really like amazing? Like, I, I guess it could be good. Like, it'll help with like a key for Bellows type, but we have those. We need guys that are ready today. We don't need guys that are ready in three years. That's just the thing is if this was a long-term process where it was like, okay, they're not trying to really compete this year, but that's not the case. This is a team that outside of a select handful of guys, they're they're a more veteran team. Let's face it. Cap Friendly put out something today ranking teams in order of – age the rangers are the youngest team and the islanders are right in the late 20s i think they're 26 or 27 that's bad they're they're older because like well just look at their core right nelson lee eberle those guys are all around 30 bailey right between 27 to 30 years old yeah it's like that's that's aging they're leaving their prime right now, and that that's our, our core, and our core is not doing anything right now. No, of course, I'm excluding Matthew Barzell here. I'm excluding Barzell. Our core is not doing anything of late. Um, and that's the guys we decide to roll with. Well, we need more than that. We need someone who's a cut above those guys, because when they're not firing on all cylinders, like we've seen this week, we need some other people to step in and give us something else. 
Uh, and we don't have that right now. When these guys aren't firing on all cylinders, we're dead in the water. And that's why going all in makes sense right now. We don't need the picks. Yes, it would be great to get a 16th overall, but you're getting a 16th overall and then you're going, all right, in three years, you're going to be awesome. I hope you make the NHL in three years. Meanwhile, three years pass by and we haven't made the playoffs. Right. And also it's been going on four years since Kiefer Bellows was drafted. And it's not like he's had an immediate impact. I think he was the 19th overall pick. That's right. Um, yeah, so it, it doesn't... Three years is sometimes even generous for some of these players. Mitch, I have breaking news for you on this podcast. Okay. The Flyers and the Blue Jackets just went to overtime, so the Islanders are currently out of a playoff spot. <sighs> is Twitter melting down right now? I don't see my phone, like blowing up yet but i assume it's it's coming it's coming winter is coming as they say on the show that you like oh man um wow they're not in a playoff spot Oof. i don't want to go on twitter <laughs> i don't want to go on twitter it's not going to be a healthy place for me no i'm, I'm gonna try i'm gonna put the phone back down yeah um so like it's it, it's not just that because other teams are good that the honors need to make moves and need to go all in it's the pressure that they put on on themselves. Like they're clearly a winning team. They clearly have winning pedigree. They clearly have a not a championship in mind, although that's obviously within there. But it's to make the playoffs and to win and to go as far as possible. To do that, they need more talent. To get more talent, you're probably going to have to go all in. Look, we just talked about Chris Kreider being a roster player, like lower tier roster player, a first round pick, an A level prospect, and a conditional based off of the ability to resign him. That's for Chris Kreider, who's a fine player, but you know he's again a kind of more of what we already have. We need some, a, a cut above that, and so what's a cut above that going to cost? Obviously, more than what we just listed off. You'd have right. to go all in. Um, again, finding that player is another question, but my God, like I, I think it's time. It is time, and it's going to have to be someone that probably hasn't been talked about a whole lot. Because Chris Kreider, one, unlikely, two, don't know if you want to go all in, all in on a guy like Chris Kreider. Tatar, who you mentioned, was is an interesting one. It's gonna it would have to be something that we're not expecting, I feel like. Yeah. Like Kreider has forty five points in in fifty eight games played with twenty four goals. That's great. That's good that those are good numbers. They're career numbers for him, by the way. Um he's hit fifty more just twice in his career. So otherwise, he's a 40-point player. I don't know if I want to go in for a 40-point player. Yes, he's doing better now, but like that's just now. Contract year, what's up? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sold on going all in on Chris Kreider. It's not to say I wouldn't like to bring him in. It's that I'm not looking to move four-plus pieces for him. That seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot, so... But, uh, but sorry, then again, Tyler Toffoli went for four pieces, so like I guess that's the market now. Right. It depends. It also depends on what those four pieces are as well. For like Toffoli, it was the it was a sec was a uh, a second uh, number one prospect, a conditional and a lower, pick, uh, a conditional and a lower tier player, like Tim Schaller, like fourth yeah. liner. There you go. So that would be like essentially, uh, Delcole, Bellows, a second and conditional. It'd be more than Bellows, probably. Like we're we're talking about, like their best prospect in their system, in the so Vancouver Wallstrom? system. So then Wallstrom, probably. That's too much, right? For Toffoli, even Bellows, I'd be like, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. It is, but that's the, what we were talking about earlier with Andy Green. Initially, you would think that for you know a rental on a stay-at-home defenseman, a second-round pick might seem like a lot, but with this market, it's what. It's what it's going to be, and you just got to suck it up and need it. You're right. You're right. Fair enough. Oh, well, I'm not going to like this trade, <laughs> this trade period. It's already getting too rich for my blood, and they've only picked up Andy Green. <laughs> Buckle up. So we're on the topic of trade deadlines. Obviously, this is a very trade-heavy show. The next item on our agenda, Mitch, is trade deadline expectations. So, it, again, just a few days away. If you, you're a betting man, if you had to place a wager on what the Islanders were to do on Monday before the deadline, what do you think is going to happen? 
I think they bring in a Chris Kreider type. I'm not going to say Chris Kreider specifically, but like a 40 to 50 point score. I think that okay. I think they do that. Okay. What do you think they do? I think they have the same roster on Tuesday. Oof. Not looking for Oh god. That's I not good. I'm not saying that's what I want. Don't get it twisted if you're listening. I want the Islanders to make a trade. I just think that it's going to be the Islanders were in on player A, B, and C. Didn't like the cost. Time ran out. I, I would be surprised if the Islanders made a move. I would. And So why do, why do you say that, that you'd be surprised? Is it just because of what the, what's out there in the market? It's a mix of what's been out there in the market and the fact that Lou Lamarillo has been the general manager for 600-plus days and has not addressed the glaring need for offense yet. So I, until proven otherwise, I am going to stick with what I know. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just think at some point the dam has to break. Like, I assume that Andy Green is that dam breaking. We know Lou makes trades. He's not scared to make trades, uh, usually. Uh, so I would imagine at some point he starts dealing, wheeling and dealing. Because I could get it in the first year where you're trying to figure out what you've got, where you've got it, and what you need. But at this point, we're year one and three quarters. You know what you need. You know what you have. And you know what you don't have. I guess need is don't have. Um now go get it. Obviously, easier said than done because it that that predicates the fact that what you need is out there, and it, it may not very well be there for the Islanders. Like we know he was in on a number of players, one of them being Artemi Panarin. He didn't want to come. I get that, but that's the type of guy he was looking to add. Now there's no Artemi Panarin out there in the in the trade market right now. Not even Tyler Hall. A Taylor Hall was that player. No, of course not. So like, and that was the number one name on the board before boards even existed. Um, but that was the number one name. It's Taylor Hall. He's off. Who's left? Who's left? Don't like, know. Let me just go through uh, the the athletics big board right here, and and, sure. I'll, and I'll list off some of the fours that they have, as well as their ranking, and then we we could say yay or nay to that. Like we we've done it like before, it. so now we get a better sense of who's left, uh, and and what what we're we're comfortable with doing. Okay. So first one, obviously, Chris Kreider. We've already discussed that. Yes. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot was number two. Yes. I, I would, but I, I'm starting to worry about the cost. I'm really worried about the cost for Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. If Tyler Toffoli is four pieces, what is J.G. Peugeot? Also, supposedly, he has started talking contract with Ottawa today. Yeah, that makes sense. They've talked to no one aside from him. Like They, they obviously want to keep him. Um, but if he's not willing to sign what they want him to sign, they will deal him. So we, he so? might still be in play. Okay. Um, four, Tyler Toffoli is gone. Number four. Um, and then we have number eight, Ilya Kovalchuk. God almighty. I, if it's Ilya Kovalchuk, then I, you might as well not make a move. Like it, it depends. Obviously, on uh, again the return, but or not the return, but what we're giving off. You, you can't imagine it's going to be cheap. No, but and that's the thing. I going I, in our our words, all in and Ila Kovalchuk coming out the other side is not what I was expecting or hoping for. No, and we're just talking about commodities on the trade market, and he's he's one of them. Uh, but he slowed off of late. Like he was on a point per game pace. Now he's only got twelve and twenty. Right. So he's not the as hot of a commodity as he was a while ago. So even if they do bring him in, it's not going to be for what it was. It's still going to be a lot though. Uh, next is Mike Hoffman, number nine. Yeah, I would. I would definitely do that. Now I, I've heard rumors that there's discontent in the uh, Florida locker room. We just heard that now with the Dennis Maligan trade. Apparently, he wasn't happy there. He didn't ask for a trade, but, you know, kind of like it wasn't really going well. Um, so maybe there's something there. Uh, I would be concerned a little bit because every team Mike Hoffman goes to, there seems to be a locker room issue. Can the Islanders make it work for six months? <laughs> yeah, right? Um, Not even. Like, this is a guy who's on pace for, I think it's like 70 plus points. Let me bring it up here. Sure. If I could type properly. I, I don't know about you, but I make so many mistakes. Like my backspace already needs replacing on this bad, brand new keyboard. 
typos, they happen, buddy. Don't get worked up over it. But do you do like me where you just type out the word or you type out your sentence and then you realize you made a mistake in like the third word of a 12 word sentence. And then instead of just going and fixing that one mistake, you hit backspace all the way down. Yes, I do that too. It's a terrible okay. habit, but I do it too. I can't break it. I want to break it, but I can't. So he is 48 points in 60 games. So we're going to do some mathematics here, Matthew. Oh, um, math. Times 82 on pace for 66 points. Yeah, that would be the type of player that the Islanders would need to add. 22 goals already onto his name. Like that that's the type of player you're looking for. Has a 12.6 shooting uh percentage on 174 shots already this year. I don't know where the Islanders rank in terms of shots, but I would imagine that that is pretty high. Like I think Matthew Barzell takes 170 shots in a year. Yeah, that that's about right. I'm just going to bring it up now if I can. I think yeah, this has it. So the most shots is Anders Lee with 165. Okay. So he's already going to outshoot whoever the Islanders have. So that's good for them. Um, they need a guy who is good, just going to take it and rip it on net from anywhere and everywhere. So Hoffman makes sense. I, I don't know if I'd go all in, but uh, I would consider it for sure. What would your package be for Mike Hoffman? <sighs> Bodie Wild for sure. Although the issue here is that they need defense. And it's not like they need defense in the system. They need defense today. So we need to give them someone that they could use today. Aho? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. If they're willing to go down that road, let's do it. Uh, so yeah, Aho, uh-huh. I'd probably do a first and end it yeah. there. Maybe like uh, a conditional third in next year if we can resign if he's him. resigns him. I would do that, yes. So... Uh, Michael Granlin from Nashville is next. We don't need to go all the way down because they get really uh, not very, they're not really sexy as, as the further you go down. Granlin? Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Josh Anderson of the Blue Jackets, again. Uh, no. Andreas Athanasiu. No. Okay. I wouldn't, you're, you're just trying to answer if you'd go all in or if you would go trade for him. He He stinks. I'm all set there. Okay. Well, he did score 30 goals once. Yeah, that, that, once. Fair enough. Uh, and then uh, the last one I want to bring up here is Kasperi Kapanen out in, in Toronto. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I don't know if they trade him, but then again, Kyle Dubas is trading everyone, so like maybe. Um, but I, I would definitely go for him. I think he's on pace for 45 to 50 points. Uh, he's not an all-in guy, but he's a guy that if you can bring in, he's a skilled player. We saw him nutmeg Noah Dobson not too long ago. Uh, that that's the guy that you can bring in that can probably do some damage on on Matthew Barzell's wing. He has thirty two points in sixty games. Okay, so yeah, but he, I, yeah, man, yeah, that's someone I try to bring in for sure. If you can get it, if you can get it to work, I don't, I don't know what they're looking for necessarily. Um, maybe some grit and sandpaper. We got some I, of that. You're coming to the right spot, Mitch. <laughs> you are coming to the right spot. Grit, sandpaper. Got plenty of that. We Skill, got some talent. A hundred. No. We got three hundred. What do you find? Course. What are you looking for here? What are you trying? To, are you finishing? You just you're trying to. What are you trying to do here? We got some Rods Johnson on the wall. Some Tom Kunakel. What are you looking for here? Pretty much anyone not named Casey Zekas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm sorry, Cal Clutterbuck is still broken. Exactly. So I, I think that's it. And so. We talked about the players that are there. Like the market itself has shifted significantly, has it not? Yeah, that that's usually what tends to happen too around this time, a couple of days before. So that does that make you more apprehensive because the market has potentially shifted to ridiculous, like crazy town prices? Like they're singing butterfly whenever you pick up the phone. <laughs> did you get did you get the yes. reference? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, God. I'm not gonna be able to get that out of my head now. Oh, I can't remember the words. You're my sugar fly something. Yeah. I don't know. It's just man. rapping with his like limp biscuit type tattoos all over him. <laughs> and the oh man. All I remember is the bass line and the really skinny, creepy looking guy playing bass in the background looking around for bubbles that don't exist. <laughs> uh, I, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the market shifting and it uh, being crazy down all over again. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> no, it's back in my head. Um, <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't care. I really don't. I, I don't care. I don't care about the first round pick this year. I don't care about the second round pick this year. Second rounder for next year is already gone. 
uh, any prospect like Noah Dobson to me doesn't count as a prospect anymore because he's on the roster. Like, I if you have to move Oliver Wallstrom to get somebody, you have to do it. I I don't know what you want me to say anymore. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm I'm willing to move just about anything for anything. Look, best case scenario, that first round pick becomes a very late first round pick. So, if you make the right move, it's not it's going to be inconsequential. So do it. Yes, I. I it, it's time. The last time the Islanders made a big splash at the trade deadline was Ryan Smith. Yeah, I think that was going to be one of my um, updates on the social. Uh, I'm sorry. That's fine. It's I, it's fine. I it's, took it from you. It's quite all right. Thunder. So yeah, you're right. The last one they brought in was Ryan Smith, and everyone hates him. <laughs> true, very true. But that was twelve years ago. 13 years ago something like that I forget exactly what year it was I tried to erase it from my memory although like it's hard up here in Canada because everyone remembers seeing Ryan Smith cry on TV oh yeah that okay yeah I forgot about that but yes like going through the airport like I didn't want to oh god just come on man like you're not Wayne Gretzky I understand this means a lot to you like Brendan Dillon did it it, but it seemed more um, genuine genuine when Brendan Dillon did it than Ryan Smith. It really did. Gotcha. So, ready to get into the quiz stuff, Mitch? Or yes. Do, are, are we all trade deadline talked out? Uh, until the next time. <laughs> yeah, until next week. And that's <laughs> going to be a trade deadline recap. Oh, boy. I really hope something good happens. So, it's the 131st episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. And as such, we've dedicated this episode to Stephen Gianta, your favorite Gianta. Yes. So, Matt, I will ask you three questions about Gio, and I hope you get them all right because you should know this guy by now. Okay. First question. What position does he play? Center. He's a right wing. Oh, for one. <laughs> uh, next, how many points did he score in his 31st, his 31 games with the Islanders? I'm going to say like six. That's exactly correct. Uh, hey, okay. Hey, one goal, five assists for six points. Last question. How did he come to the Islanders and be specific? How did he come to the Islanders? Okay, so and be specific. I think I'm going to say they signed him to an AHL contract. What do you mean by an AHL? Like the, he signed just an AHL deal or something different well, uh, than that? Uh, the, the proper term is a two-way deal. Incorrect. Ish. What? Ish. He signed a PTO. That's how we got him. Oh, that, that's way specific, Mitch. That's why that's I, wanted, what I, wanted, I didn't lame. want you to just come out like, we, he was a free agent. And, like, technically that's true. Well, did he not sign a two-way deal? Eventually, yes. Oh, come on. He that's came to the Islanders on a PTO. I said be specific. I was very specific about the specificity, specificity of your answer, my friend. I'm supposed you to remember everyone that signed to a PTO. You get part marks, all right? So I got one and a half? Yeah, let's do that. 50%. Oh. 50? That sounds a lot like my math test scores in high school. Yeah, you don't pass in Quebec, but you definitely pass here in Ontario. Is that what the thing is? 50% for passing? Here in Ontario, yeah. At least when I went to school, it was, thank God. It was 65 for me. 65? What is it? It was 60% in Quebec, and I thought that was ridiculous. 65? Oh, man, nope. I'd still be in high school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, math, not the best. Not the best. Oh, so that was the social segment. Thank you, Stephen Gianta, for being a New York Islander. All right. Thank you for filling us in on Stephen Gianta. That was a fun quiz, Mitch. I really look forward to that every week. That's my favorite segment of the pod. Is it really? I think it's just the music that you like doing. I do. I like hitting the music. Is that a crime or no? No, it's not a crime. I don't think so anyways. That would be bad. That would be bad. Maybe it's one of those weird Long Island, like antiquated things where you can't like eat an orange on the toilet or something like that. Is that do you eat oranges on the toilet? (laughs) You should (laughs) not do some weird things. Like you, you'll read like BuzzFeed and like ten weird laws you didn't know existed in Idaho. You can't eat a burrito in your kitchen with a utensil or something stupid like that. I don't know. We're going to get to the social segment now, Mitch, because I don't know where this conversation is going. So when we come back, we're going to go over what's trending on Isles Twitter. What's going on? Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. We're getting into the social segment now here on the Isles on Isles podcast. Mitch, what do you got for us this week? Uh, do, do you want to start? Because you had one and I was going to be I was going to supplement it. OK, OK, OK. So 
Mitch, picture this. Yeah. Your team spends a ton of money in free agency on the number one free agent of that year. Liking it so far. 18 months later, you are full-blown hating this man. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. Actually, I do know because we talked about it earlier. The Toronto Maple Leafs fans are starting to turn on John Tavares. And uh not going to lie, I'm uh, feeling pretty petty tonight. I-, I like what I see on Twitter. Yeah, we we need some we need a win and this is a win for us right now cuz we are not winning right now. Although neither are the Toronto Maple Leafs really, so lols. No, my team has scored two goals in their last four games. I need a little bit of something, some juice to get me through this and drinking up the tears of the Toronto Maple Leafs fans is helping slightly. Yeah. It's it is. So I wanted to bring one up on that subject. Uh it's a tweet from uh Kevin Cosgrove, so at K Cos194, I don't know why I couldn't pronounce K-C-O-S. My brain just couldn't pronounce that. And he says, what a difference a year makes, eh? And then he's got, um, I like the A, by the way, um, four headlines here. And uh, the first one is John Tavares honored by Leafs fans on hashtag Tavares Day T-O. And that's goal in celebration. <clears throat> so that was on March 3rd, 2019, after he came back uh, following the Tavares game on Long Island. The greatest game I've ever seen in my life. And next headline, next is a tweet from James Teravainen saying, Time to trade Tavares, 11 millions per year. Since his captaincy, this team has done nothing. His 11 million could set us up for some serious defense. Promote Matthews, the true captain of this team. Ask yourself if, is, sorry, ask yourself if Tavares is worth the money. And then you got Mr. Kyle Clifford. General consensus. Do you regret the Leafs signing John Tavares in the offseason? 56 of 110, sorry, 56% of 110 people said yes. And that was, mm. there's two hours left on that poll. When, when hate, the, hate to see that. And then last one is, um, sorry, the Leafs have already lost big in Pittsburgh. This is from Chris and Shilton. Uh, the Leafs have already lost big in Pittsburgh once this season, but then they had a rookie goalie make his NHL debut, and it was a second night of a back-to-back, and this is worse. And then there's Leafs in Oz saying, Tavares for two good defensemen. I'd make that trade. Wow. Just love to wow. see it. Wow. Huh? Yeah. And I mean, that's unfortunate. And then there's uh, Fire Kyle Dubas was trending for a while in Canada. This is, I mean, can we get this in an IV drip for me, please? <laughs> I, I need a win, and this is a good win. Oh, this is a great win. <laughs> this is a phenomenal win. We're all over it. <laughs> oh, it feels good to be petty sometimes. Definitely sometimes. So uh, thank you for providing those tweets. I will, for my next thing on the social segment, it's more of a call to action than something in the social segment. I, I The social segment to me is just our, like a, 15 minutes of us to be get a little weird. We look at social media and then like go into hypotheticals and stuff like that. So instead, I'm doing a call to action. What would the listener like to see from Mitch and I video content wise? Because oh God. <laughs> March 7th, Mitch Anderson is making his way down to Long Island for... Islanders Hurricanes. It's a Saturday. It's a 1 p.m. start. Mitch, tell them about it, baby. So I'm I'm coming down to see the game. I'm driving down the Friday morning, like crazy early Friday morning, to see uh, the Islanders play the Carolina Hurricanes. It's weird. I've seen the Islanders play the Hurricanes a billion times now. I don't get it. Why it always has to be them, but it is. Uh, and, and I can't wait. I really can't wait for early morning tailgating. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. Because uh, tailgating in and of itself is awesome, and so I don't, I don't know what you're setting me up for here, but uh, I hope, I hope okay. it's nothing crazy. No, not, nothing too crazy. So the plan is we are going to tailgate the game. We'll give you a location as it gets closer. Obviously, we just wanted to make this announcement that Mitch is going to be in the building. We will be there. Um, so I, I, I know that Canada just recently got White Claw, but if you're an old listener of this podcast. You would know that me and Mitch over the summer, during the summer of Claws, summer 2019, was we were talking about how I was drinking them, and he's like, I have no idea what these are. So my plan is that we do a taste test with all of the flavors of the White Claw variety pack. Ooh, I like it so far. Is it weird, like a strawberry kiwi flavor? I hate strawberry kiwi. 
I'm almost positive there's strawberry. There's, uh, there, there might be. I think, I'm trying to remember. There's lime, raspberry. So far, so black good. Black cherry. Black cherry. Those are the big three. Oh, God, cherry. Whatever, and whatever. I'll do it for content. Hashtag content. The, bla- the black cherry is the best one. Uh, mixed berry, maybe? I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I, I just, I don't really look. I just grab the, whatever, whatever's available and drink it. But I, I'm thinking we do a taste a taste test video. I think that'd be fun. All right. That's fair. Okay. I, I can get down with that. I thought you were going to get me to do something like the Kevin James All-American Eating Challenge. No, 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 no. That's crazy. But this is more, that was my take. So I want to hear from the listener. Get at us on Twitter, at Matt O'Leary and Y for me, at TLO Mitch for Mitch, and at Eyes and Isles FS, obviously for Eyes and Isles. And tweet at us what you would like to see us do content-wise, and we'll talk it over and see what Mitch is willing to do and slash or what we think would be fun to do while Mitch is here. Oh boy. There's a lot of creative people out there. I'm a little concerned for my well-being. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited to have you back down here, buddy. I can't wait. I I really can't wait. It's only a couple of weeks away, so it's going to be a good time. I'm going to try to leave like super ridiculously early so I can be there early Friday uh, and do as much as possible. Absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. Perfect. Uh, my last one, I guess there's more after that, is um, it's a tweet from at Nucci0215, who okay. says, talk about the Isles living rent-free in Rangers fans' heads. And it's a license okay. plate that says PTVNS6, and it's got a sign of or the New York Rangers logo next to it. Clearly trying to say Padme sucks. Sucks. And I love it. Really? I, I hate I, I clearly don't agree that Pot Bay sucks, but I love True. the rivalry. I love it that someone went that far to be like, I hate that stupid Islander defenseman so bad for drilling. Was it Nils Anderson? I, I think I got the last name wrong. Or Anders Nilsson. Anders Nilsson, I think, is right. I don't know why I can't get his name uh, right. Who cares? He's yeah, a Rangers player, so. whatever. Um, drilling him back in like whatever year it was 1978 i'm gonna say i forget the year of course it was a long ass time ago and he's still bringing it up they're still bringing it up and putting it on novelty plates i love that that's a real rivalry none of this kind of like "Eh, we play each other and we fight on the ice sometimes who cares everyone can do that no no these people are printing novelty license plates that's insane no, it is. It's one of the better rivalries in the sport. I think that's fair to say. Because it runs deep. It's not just this fleeting thing where like, oh, they played one heated game because they didn't like what someone did and then they get over it within two years because there's roster turnover. This is 40 plus years. That's a big deal. No, it is. It's a huge deal. And obviously when you see stuff like that happen, I mean, you have the guy at the Islanders games with the Rangers suck sweater and stuff like that. And you have... Uh, it's back and forth. It's on both sides. It's a good rivalry. I, I love it because you don't necessarily see that anywhere else. And so th- that's the sign of a true rivalry when it sticks around for 40 plus years. That is for sure. Anything else on the social segment, Mitch? That was it for me. That's all I've got. All right. So let's get some plugs in here before we go. So wherever you are listening, please make sure to subscribe so that you are alerted anytime a podcast come out. Uh, if you would give us a rating and a review, that'd really help us out. We appreciate all the love and support and listeners each and every week. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes and Isles FS on Twitter. Again, my Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch is TLO Mitch. You could like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app available for iPhone, Android, that's the only two options, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, you could visit the website, eyesonisles.com, read up on anything you need to know there. And if you're interested, patreon.com slash eyesonisles, where for five bucks a month, you can get, ready for this, Mitch, a post-game podcast after every single game, a weekly mailbag podcast that's about 30 to 40 minutes of us answering questions and bantering back and forth. You get a newsletter every week, and you get daily content and a really nice community of Islanders fans. It's a lot of fun over there on the Patreon. I love it. It's it's my favorite. I start my day by going on Patreon, honestly. I wake up, I sit down, I have breakfast, I open up Patreon, and I start answering questions or posting content on there. So that's the first thing I do every day is Patreon. There we go. So definitely worthwhile to check that out if it's something that you're interested in. Well, that'll do it for us for episode 131. Hopefully next week, 
We are talking about a trade from the New York Islanders. Cross your fingers. I'm doing both, buddy. <laughs> both are crossed. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.